Hello, hello, and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sam Beam, and I'm really good at saying that fast. Turns out on episode 9, you just get to say it fast. Anyways, how are you guys doing today? I hope you are doing great. It's actually the second recording of this podcast because the first one was not up to my liking. Anyways, hope this one's better for you guys. Um, gives you a little bit better experience because, hmm, just didn't work out. But we're here, and it is episode 9. We are 9 episodes in, about to be 10. You know, maybe we'll do a 10-episode special. Not really, because it requires effort. But we are here. It is a Wednesday for me. Uh, halfway through the work week. Not really. Tomorrow's my last day. Hmm. End of the work week for me. I don't know about you guys or how your church schedules it, but we have Fridays off um, and Saturdays off for our weekend, which is very nice and enjoyable. Um, but... We are here, and I'm excited about today's lesson. We're finally jumping into some preteen-oriented stuff. Um, I've talked mainly about general leadership and planning and stuff like that, and so uh, being able to jump into preteen-specific stuff is great. I hope you guys are ready. We're going to be talking about how to engage preteens in a distracted world. So. Before then, we're going to give our shout-out. This shout-out is going to go to a book called... Caught in Between by Dan Scott. So this is a great book, especially if you're starting out a preteen ministry or you're a veteran in preteen ministry, whatever it is, um, Caught in Between by Dan Scott dives into what it's like to be a preteen and how to minister to them effectively. It is a great book for anyone. There's not many preteen books out there for ministering to preteens, so I would advise jumping on that. Now, we also have a story for today, this week, uh, and it's about Tucker Music, who is our junior high pastor. You see, he has celebrated five years as a staff member here at uh, Southern Hills, uh, the church that we work at, and it uh, we celebrated him. His volunteers actually coordinated a event where we all came together on a Wednesday night and celebrated Tucker, who he was, and what he does for the ministry at large. And it was really cool to see volunteers put stuff together, uh, staff coordinate with that as well. The volunteers did most of the lifting and we showed up. Uh, and it was really nice, but um, to have a church that celebrates and encourages and grows and promotes and has people who are there for 5, 10, 15 years, it's very uh, encouraging and it's nice to have. And so make sure you're celebrating the people around you as well your staff your volunteers you know maybe they're having a five-year volunteer anniversary celebrate that okay make sure you celebrate each other so now on to the main portion of our show the moment you've all been waiting for we're going to dive into how to effectively minister to preteens in a distracted world and so i'm going to go ahead and give a disclaimer i got a lot of my ideas from some blogs around um, these are not all my ideas because i am not at the place where my ideas are all mine and granted all ideas are you know boosted from other people but uh this uh came from a blog post and i promise i didn't copy it verbatim you can go read it yourself but it's on childrensministry.com um, and it's about effective preteen ministry. And so I took some ideas from there that were important and meshed them around with my own experience. So if you want to go check that out, I'll leave the uh, the link down below in the show notes for uh, the source of a lot of this. Uh, so you can go read that yourself if you're interested. Uh, but number one, how to minister. Uh, I'm going to start with two prerequisites, okay? Two things that you should think about before you're thinking about engaging. And first is things have changed. They're just not the same, okay? Preteens are not the same. Preteens are not living the same life that you lived when you were a preteen. 
they're not living the same life I lived when I was a preteen. And I was a preteen, uh, let me do the math real quick, seven? No, mm, 10 years ago, sorry, couldn't get there that fast. 10, nine years ago, I was a preteen. Things were not the same 10 years ago. iPhones were just on the launch, you know, might've been on iPhone three, who knows, but it was not a major thing where everyone has one like today, okay? Technology wasn't the same. They're not the same. They're learning more. They're more plugged in. They're changing faster. Studies actually show they're, they're hitting puberty sooner. Um, they're being exposed to ideas much quicker than we were. They're understanding things or trying to understand things at an extremely fast rate. Um, so you just have to understand that, that, that our ministry is gonna have to adapt with that. And so be prepared to do things that don't make sense because they didn't make sense when you were a preteen, but they do to these preteens. So make sure you keep that in mind. Number two is make a place for them. So in order to engage preteens, they need to feel special. They are in an in-between, like the book I was talking about. They're caught in between. They're too old for the elementary curriculum and ideas. They don't want to sing the happy songs with the silly motions anymore, but they're too young to understand the complex ideas that the youth ministry or junior high ministry are going to uh, approach. And so they need a place for them. They're really in a weird twilight zone. Uh, so there's a lot of options. Uh, our church obviously has a preteen ministry dedicated to that, but a lot of churches don't. And so what can you do to make preteens feel like they have a space? Can you section off a corner of your large group area for a preteen hangout? Um, so that when kids hit fourth or fifth grade, they're allowed to go in and it's like, oh, this is mine. Can you give them more responsibility as the leaders and volunteers within your ministry? Um, do things that promote growth for these students and give them a unique place to fit in, to find themselves and not be stuck with the boring kid stuff or the complex youth stuff. So the two prerequisites, like I said, uh, remember things have changed and make a place for them. So diving in to what's next, how do we actually engage them? How do we engage a preteen who is surrounded by technology, which might I add, is designed to capture your attention. There's no doubt about it. It's not a secret. At this point, app designers, software designers, they're, they call it actually the attention economy. People are vying for your attention in every single avenue. And so having uh, this as a reality in our world means that these students are, are being sold to the highest bidder essentially for their attention. Fortnite is designed to grab your attention. Social media designed to grab your attention. Phones, video games, notifications on your phone, they're all designed to trigger that. And so you're competing with that. You're competing with multi-billion dollar companies on these students' attention. Not terrifying at all. So how are you going to engage? The first thing is, wait for it, be engaging. I find one of my biggest fears is being too over the top, you know, over enthusiastic. Uh, and the students are gonna disconnect from me. I'm afraid they're, uh, you know, too cool for school. But the reality is they're not. They might not wanna do the cheesy motions and, and kids ministry anymore, but they love the energy. They want to goof off. They're still at the phase where they want to be themselves and express themselves. So 
find ways to be energetic and exciting and fun without overdoing it. So, how are we engaging? How do we bring up the min- the energy in our ministry? Uh, there's a few things we can do. First of all, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be silly. Don't be afraid to be slightly over the top because the preteens do enjoy that. A lot of them still want to be kids. Let them be kids. Uh, but you can start by playing some exciting games, okay? Maybe you run sword drills with your students. Uh, Bible memorization is vital. But how do you amp that up? How do you make it high stakes? Can you add uh, something extreme to it, right? Get the dudes all into it. Can you add it competition and make it more competitive? Uh, Can you digitize it and somehow figure out how to do it on screen? What can you do to make it relevant for these students to learn their memory verses? Second, uh, we can figure out how to make worship fun. Uh, I hate to say it, but some of those songs we're using aren't connecting. I had a volunteer tell me that at one point. I had to change things up. And it's made worship a lot more fun. Have really exciting openers. I like songs to get the students dancing and jumping around. And if that's all we do, that's okay. Because at the end of the day, they're still worshiping through that. And I like to tell them that. It's a great way to teach students that you can worship in all sorts of ways. So make worship fun. Don't be afraid to look silly on stage. You'll be surprised at how many students enjoy it and get into it and have fun. So make worship fun, play exciting games, um, and lastly, make your teaching applicable. Um, Use visual aids and props, demonstrations, skits, whatever you need to do to uh, bridge the gap. Uh, Students are at an age where they're able to think abstractly and concretely, and this is really the first time they're able to do this in their life. And so these visual aids allow students to connect the gospel in a way that they mentally have not been able to before. It's a great way to connect with these students. So use uh, unique things. Uh, Science experiments are always cool, but be unique, be relevant with it. So engage your students. Uh, General rule of thumb I have is for every year a child has been alive, that is how long their attention span is. So you have 10, 9, 11 minutes. And that all goes out the door when we think about online as well. So that's probably half. You probably have five minutes online for these students, if that. So don't forget to be engaging with your teaching as well. Draw their attention back in. Maybe it's with a visual aid. Maybe it's a loud noise that somehow uh, is relevant to your teaching. I don't know. You can fit that in there somehow. You're creative. But do things that engage these students. It's super important and vital to redraw their attention or else they're thinking about the next Fortnite match that they're going to be playing. And you don't want that. Second for engaging these students is to be relational. One of my favorite lines is a student doesn't care about how much you know until they know how much you care, okay? They're not going to care that you know about the Bible until they know that you care about them. And that's where it really comes to us to pour into our volunteers. So uh, I'm, I'm talking with my volunteers in a few weeks in our you know, beginning of the year volunteer meeting that their job is relationships. The thing is, I, I can be with students, you know, two or three hours a week in the church. 
and you know I can talk with each one and say hey and and catch up for a second but I can't have the same relationships I can't be in small group every week like my volunteers are I can't get all the information on them and figure out what's going on in their lives because I just can't over a whole ministry that's what my volunteers are for so make sure your volunteers know that their job is relationships okay it's not just about teaching the gospel it's not just teaching about Jesus which is great don't get me wrong but a student's not going to care about hearing about Jesus from somebody who is not interested in what they have to say so make sure your volunteers are prepared to be relational okay are they excited are you excited when a kid has a picture of the deer he shot last week even though that's kind of gross that happened this week to me a kid shot a deer and that's huge for him that's his that's what his family does that's one of the things that he likes to express himself through is hunting and so i'm going to celebrate that even if i really don't want to see the picture of that dead deer that i saw and now it's ingrained in my head sorry i'm a city boy but are you excited about those things are you sad to hear that uh one of your students teams didn't make the playoffs did you even know they're in a sport relationships are key to showing students that you care so make sure your volunteers are aware of that too are they showing up at their sporting events are they able to surprise them because they heard a student mention something about a test so they ask them how it went after it happened you see when students know that your ministry is a place where people care they'll be way more invested they'll be way more engaged that it makes a difference and it's important and don't forget parents either parents are key because they get way more time than we do with these students so when your parents know that there are relationships being built when you're building relationships with parents personally then it makes a difference for them as well parents will trust you more they'll be more willing to talk about the story with the students right they'll be more connected in many different ways so don't forget parents I hesitate to even say this one but number three how do we engage preteens it's events yep events how do we do events now we don't that's where we're at but they are vital to engaging students you see events are huge for the development of a child and a student the reality is in preteen years it's probably if they go to an overnight event one of the first times that they will be overnight away from their parents or a relative right you know sleepovers don't really happen as much it just doesn't happen like it used to when we were kids and so these overnight trips are developmentally and spiritually firsts for these students they're going to get to experience a conference or a camp or a fun event but it'll be firsts and so it's very important it helps them you know become more independent it helps them to step away from the home and those beliefs and develop them on their own and so they have a huge impact on students lives and normally we'll get an hour to a week with our students on sundays and wednesdays or however we're meeting but these retreats they allow us to spend several days you know a whole week and luckily we get to return them at the end because by the end of a camp you we all know the feeling of well general exhaustion but we get to spend time with these students in a way 
that is out of the ordinary, that allows for bonding and engagement. And it goes back to the previous one of relationships. It helps us build relationships. Um, taking just another step into these students' lives and saying, hey, you can trust me on a Sunday morning. You can also trust me three hours away from your parents for a whole week. And it's also great for building their spiritual life, right? Connecting them to the church more. They'll get a different worship team, different speakers, and energy and fun. Throw in some sleepless nights and exhaustion, right? It's a great mix. It's perfect. I, whoever invented these, genius. But they make an impact. So figure out a plan. How are you holding events? Here's the thing I thought about the other day. I was like, oh my gosh. I have fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. But half of my ministry hasn't been on an event. My fourth graders moved up without having gone to an event. Uh, my fifth graders might have gone on an event in the fall, but by spring, we weren't offering any until COVID. And so most of my fifth graders haven't been on an event. So sixth graders are the only ones who have been on an event. So I am trying my best and throwing out ideas on how I can meet with these students in a unique way. Um, I'm thinking of a kind of D-Now-esque uh, event that I want to put on for these students at this point where they come in for a day. Uh, they won't spend the night here, but they'll come in for the day and have a whole conference day here at the church uh, CIY Superstar, uh, the, where we normally go, put out a virtual resource. So I might be using that and spend a day and have a conference in our church. That would be amazing. So how can you safely have an event, something different and unique for these students to connect them? How can you do that? So going through the three things, three ways we can engage. Uh, first one is be engaging, be high energy, have fun. The gospel isn't about somber, um, you know, whatever. Uh, the gospel is clear that we should find joy in all things, and so we should find joy in our Sundays. Second, be relational. Let the students know you care. And third, events. How can you have events that engage and attract new and current students? So, think about those things. Um, set out an action plan. I'm very big on not just listening, but putting into action what you can do. So, get a notepad out, whatever you have, and jot down a few ideas on how you can be more engaging to your preteens. I want to thank you guys again for listening. You guys are so awesome. As always, if you have questions, feel free to email me at the email below in the show notes. You guys rock, and I will see you guys next week.